Hi, this is Marquise Hollywood Brown, and you're listening to 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Keeps it deep for Hollywood. He's got it. It's a touchdown. Oh, mama. I always wanted to be here. Me and Kyler talked about it. Where it actually happened is pretty crazy. Tell you what, when he stepped on the field the first day, his speed just jumped off the charts. I expect him to be a big part of this offense. Oh. Wolf and Luke talk Cardinals now. Yeah, we're piecing together this uh, this roster today. The Cardinals, we already know Trace McSorley is uh, is not making the 53-man roster. It sounds like Jesse Lucada is making the 53-man roster. Two very unrelated uh, decisions, obviously. Uh, I'm your favorite quarterback. They call me Trace McSorley. I feel like we have to play that as much as we can today. Uh, no Devon Kennard. And uh, Wolf, the receiving room, we haven't heard anything definitive. We don't have to hear anything definitive until 1 o'clock. But it sounds like Greg Dortch and Andy Isabella were both at practice today. Um, two guys, I think at this point we all expect will make the team. But a month ago, I don't know that anybody expected either one of them to make the team. Yeah, no, um, that's a good observation right there. Well, we Cliff do. Kingsbury... Pardon? was asked oh. if Isabella or Dorch made the team today. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm going to wait um, just because I don't want to put anything out there that changes as the Steel's fluid till 1 o'clock. See, and that's it right there. It is. <laughs> this thing is still wide open. So, you know, what? there like were five Cliff's running backs. Day. Cliff, go there, out there and don't say anything. Still, there <laughs> were five you. running backs out yeah. on the field, right? Yeah. And, of course, what is Eno going to say about that? So that has not been solidified yet either. They practiced this morning. One o'clock are the cut down. Well, I think the biggest thing, too, that you have to keep coming back to, um, you know, it's always fluid, like Cliff just said. But you're crazy if you think the Cardinals aren't adding at least one corner and hopefully two. So even if you're the 53rd man on the roster, you're probably not going to be on there very long once they get a corner, right? Unless the 53rd guy is a corner. So either you're going to be potentially somebody that gets traded for a corner, or if they add somebody, if somebody, if another team drops a decent corner, and we're keeping an eye out certainly throughout the show, we'll let you know if any fairly big names become available. I would assume the Cardinals would be in on that too. As we were coming back from break, Wolf, he did point out Josh Rosen is out there now. Cleveland let him Yeah, I just saw that up there. Looked up there and on the Matrix, man. Yeah, they're saying Deshaun Watson was put on the reserve suspended and he was put on that list right there and yeah they they're gone man so this is the way that it goes for josh rosen when you think about it man this kid has had a sideways career uh as far as the receiving room ahead of greg dorch and andy isabella because yes today is a big day but I'm sort of in week one, you're playing the Chiefs mode. What's going to happen there? We all expect slash hope that Rondale Moore is going to take a huge step forward this year. He still has the craziest stat from last year. We had more yards after the catch than total receiving yards last year because they threw the ball to him behind the line of scrimmage that much. So he obviously wants to get the ball down the field more. Cliff Kingsbury has said as much as well. He's expected to be a big part of this offense. And Wolf, he also needs to be a big part of this offense the first six weeks. This is Peter Schrager from Good Morning Football Today. I've got Rondell Moore from the Arizona Cardinals who make a huge leap in year number two. Rondell, if you remember last year, was a little bit off injured, was an undersized guy coming out of the draft. Made plays last year when called upon against the Niners, had this big one. Early in the season, was rolling, got hurt, didn't do as much towards the end of the year. People kind of forgot about him. If you're drafting in a fantasy league right now, consider Rondell Moore. 
And so you, you, Wolf, you made us play that for the fantasy aspect, obviously, right? That's why yeah. we had to fire that. No, yeah. I did not. Oh, but okay. can I just tell you right now, let me, as an analyst, start geeking out just a little bit on you, okay? 11 personnel. And you know what 11 personnel is, Heard. of course. It's one runs. back, one tight end. Three wide receivers. That's what it is. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals' number one personnel group in rundown situation. 11 personnel. Number one, okay? Um... That's who you are. When it's number one, this is what we use in in first and ten, second and one to six, we use eleven personnel the vast majority of the time. That's the Arizona Cardinals offense right there. Um think about this. If you had Hollywood Brown on the outside and you had Rondell Moore on the outside, because guess what? Rondell Moore can actually get off the press on the outside. He can. Now I know they're not too tall receivers like an A.J. Green. But imagine if you had on the inside DeAndre Hopkins and Zach Ertz. Shouldn't have to imagine this. This should be reality. Uh, it really, it should be reality week one, but it should be reality week seven. So once again, I'm just saying, if in fact you want to throw the ball, that is an excellent group to put out there on the field because of the speed of Hollywood Brown and Rondell Moore on the outside. That scares an awful lot of DBs, and it scares a lot of defensive coordinators. And then all of a sudden, you got Zach Ertz, and you've got DeAndre Hopkins working in the middle of the field. Oh, okay. We'll take that all day. Yes, yeah. This is where I'd be a bad coach, because I'd just keep running more in Hollywood straight down the sidelines. And if one of them got open, throw it to them. And if not, Kyler's got all this room to run, because you have those two taking half the defense with them. All right, we're sending you and your Wolf Pack to see the Cardinals take on the Raiders in Vegas Week 2, courtesy of Circa Resort and Casino. Just text Vegas to 620-620 and listen for your name next Tuesday for your chance to win. Plus, qualifiers will win tickets to the Cardinals' home opener. That's Vegas to 620-620. We come back. Corbin Carroll made his M- MLB debut last night and he made it count. So how was it? We're going to ask Bally Sports Arizona's Todd Walsh. She'll join us next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM Arizona's Sports Station. It's obviously a big day in football with uh, NFL roster cuts being finalized by 1 o'clock today, Wolf. 1 o'clock Arizona, 4 o'clock Eastern. But the Diamondbacks have forced their way into the conversation today, not only because they're now riding a four-game winning streak, but because they set a franchise record for a comeback last night, down 7 nothing, and they win by 6. Oh, and Corbin Carroll made his Major League <laughs> debut. So joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line is Bally Sports' Todd Walsh. Uh, Todd, was, was that enough? Did I miss anything <laughs> from last night? No, you got it. Cool. Well, that was it. <laughs> yeah. What, what hey, up, Todd? Um, I, if, if, um, if it's possible, Ron, I, I know Mark Grace would love this, but could you, at some point before the season ends, come out to our set at uh, Chase Field for Diamondbacks Live, the pre- and post-game show, and actually read a disclaimer live, like just be our studio announcer? I just want to hear that, see it, feel it. <laughs> I will definitely do that, Tony. No okay, doubt without the that. express written consent, you got to slide that line in. <laughs> How that are you doing, great. bro? Are you okay, man? Are you, are you digging this season right now? You know, you know what? I, I think I heard Luke say it in the last hour somewhere between the um, the disclaimers that he, you're, you're falling for this team, and I know you are as well, Ron, and, and that kind of hit me, I don't know, a couple weeks ago on the road. I, I remember talking to Tori Lovello after a, a win on the road and I, after his press conference was done, and I said, you know what? The narrative now moving forward is 
um, how can you not fall for this group right now? And I think I've said this a thousand times over the years. I just love watching the ascent of a team. I love watching the pieces being put together and, and everybody climbing the mountain together and then fans climbing the mountain together. And you have so much joy when you get somewhere near the top of that mountain, when you have some of those successes. That's my addiction in sports. I My record is well under 500 for the teams I've covered over the years. However, the the few runs that I've been involved in watching and, and having you know the best seat in the house those are the those are the moments you hold on to because you just see it in its primordial ooze and I feel like we're watching that right now. And once again you gotta watch it though, Toddy, because you're always falling in love. Right? I mean you just pops. Wow. I mean you're just always Wow. That's deep. It runs deep and uh, you know yeah, I was gonna you. take a shot at you. You knew it was coming. That was good. I left it open. I did. You hit it. No well disclaimer done. there either. Well, so he just went right after you with no disclaimer. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, Corbin Carroll. You got to, to see him up close uh, last night. First game, small sample size, obviously. But just in terms of how he carried himself and whether or not the moment seemed like it was overwhelming him, uh, it certainly seemed like on television he passed every test. Yeah, he did. And I, you know, we talked to him at about 2.45 in the media room, and I I was really impressed. I'd never spoken to him. I'm never there for spring training. Obviously, still with the Coyotes at that point. So um, this was my first experience listening to him and watching him absorb, literally absorb questions and then speak from the heart. Uh, very deep, thoughtful guy. And I just love what he said. Uh, before the game, which was, you know, it's surreal, but it's still a baseball game and it has to be that. But then after the game on our, on our live uh, interview on, um, on Valley Sports, when he talked about, he felt like he was more nervous for his AAA debut. But the reason that he was able to say that is because of the homework that he did in talking to guys. And one guy in particular, I think, about, you know, making your major league debut. And by every single account, this is a professional athlete that thinks the game just as well as he plays the game. And he asks all the right questions. Some of them are profound. That's what we've been told by the people that have been around him day after day after day. So he was, I think, eminently prepared for this. And uh, I love what you said, Wolf, about the game finds you. I said on the air last night that the great ones, the game goes through you. And it's amazing how it happens. It just does. And it happened from the first batter last night all the way up to the biggest at bat. So, stop it, no surprise there. That, man, I mean, I know you live in the abstract with me. I know that you do. Did you not see that the second pitch of the game? Bam! It finds Corbin Carroll out in right field. Will you stop yeah. it, Todd Walsh? Uh, yes. The, the abstract, by the way, does not have a zip code, Luke, so don't even try to find it. I was looking for I was, Google Maps. I, I was walking back from the set to go to the press box, and I walked in the concourse behind the pool. And I looked down, like the game just started, and I looked, and I went, oh, my God. I literally stopped and just kind of watched him navigate that play and then the one after that and I thought okay his heart rate's there but then he you know he found a way and then I I, I swear to you I was sitting with his family uh, it was seven nothing and we were debating in, internally should we do this interview now <laughs> seven nothing and I just said let's just see what happens I still think it's important I know the mood is down you could hear a pin drop but I just had this weird feeling that there was going to be something to talk about. And there it was. 
You know, we're talking to Todd Walsh of uh, Bally Sports, who, let's see, Wolf has already said, uh, always falls in love and lives in the abstract. A lot of titles for for Todd here. (laughs) Uh, But you just said it right there, Todd. Like, you had a feeling something might happen last night. There might be a moment, you know, (laughs) not to bring up last year, but last year it felt like there was, like, the Tyler Gilbert no-hitter, which was great, and not really many, if any, other moments. I've lost count of the moments this team has had this year. Oh, I, I have too. And I, I think it's something Mike Hazen said yesterday at 2.30 in the dugout. He was talking about Gordon Carroll and he's talking about what's left of this year and how what's left of this year will be so important for him moving forward. They're turning the Band-Aid off and throwing him, throwing him in there. He's going to get big at-bats and big games for not just Diamondbacks, you know, their, their fortunes the rest of the year, but these teams are playing, they're fighting for their playoff lives or positioning. And his line about last year was, was basically it – that was not a teachable year. There was nothing there to take from that year. And that's why it was so difficult to just endure. And Luke, you and I have endured some long winters. And you just wonder at the end, like, what was the point of all this? And I thought that last year, and that's been erased. I mean, they, they didn't just flip the script. They burned it. They had a ceremony for it ending. And then this year, it's just it feels like moment after moment after moment. And that's why it's easy to... <laughs> to fall for this group. I guess I'm a sucker. It's just, uh, honestly, Toddy, it's also the, the young guys, all the young guys. Can you have too many outfielders? Can you have too many outfielders on a team? I, I was hoping they'd have a rover last night, just put another guy out there. And have <laughs> game. They're going to have but six in like a I, year. You ask these guys, um, and I've asked most of them, it feels like at some point, What's it like in the room right now? And they all, they're all they all just sort of feeding off the youthful energy. I mean, yes, the, the who, I'm looking at the who's, uh, who's next poster on my wall here. It's not from that album, but the kids are all right, and they are all right, and youth <laughs> is being served. And I think they genuinely, at least right now, they like each other, and you can feel it. I mean, obviously, Ron, as you know, things change. This is a, a profession, and they're talking about food on the table and your livelihood. But right now, they're all, I think, thoroughly enjoying this moment and collectively sharing in it and reveling in each other's success. And that's a cool thing to be around. And there's so much negativity at every turn. It's kind of nice to show up at the ballpark and see that and feel it. Talking to Todd Walsh. Uh, Todd, we have to at least bring up Zach Gallon. He's pitching tonight. He's on a 27 and a third scoreless inning streak. Uh, what's been different about him this year? Um, well, you know, we had, we did some uh, coverage on him over the last few games, and 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 the relationship that he has uh, with pitching coach Brent Strom, and I know Dan Heron is a big conduit to that. They have an unbelievable rapport, but I know Brent uh, admires the arsenal that Zach Callen has and the multitude of pitches that he can throw. But I think what he has tried to land the plane with is that's great. You have all of that stuff, but at some point, somewhere along the line, you're going to have to blow somebody away with your fastball and you have it. So do it. And, you know, Zach is such an independent thinker. I love talking to this guy, Ron, you would love to be around him every fifth day. He is also in the abstract. I think he's got a condo, but um, I just love the fact that every now and then you just see him dial it up and say, okay, it's time to move on to the next batter and it's over. I can't wait. And I love having Brandon Webb with me tonight because Brandon obviously has a couple of massive scoreless streaks. So we're going to sort of compare and contrast, but you know, tonight's the kind of night. Can't wait to get to the ballpark. Can't wait to put a show together. Can't wait to sit back and watch and, 
you know, last night was three hours and 35 minutes and it, it felt longer, but I didn't want it to end. That's the cool thing that just, those are the nights that you hold on to in this business, as you guys know, and and I hope for another one tonight. Yeah, no doubt about it, Toddy, man. I'm bringing Vetter James. Yeah, I'm bringing him out tonight, man. We're going to go. We're going to watch the game. Cannot wait. Love this team overall. So appreciate your time this morning, bro. As always, we need you on more. You know, you say that. You say that. And, you know, last night my phone lit up from Aaron Maloney. I thought, oh, this is great. I was just so excited to have the have the Africa. I listen to you guys every morning when I'm getting ready for the show, and um, I just love the chemistry. I love you guys. So if I don't see you tonight, Ron, yeah. that's a problem. We have a problem. So I need to find you somewhere in the abstract, and hopefully that's like section <laughs> what one twenty four or something. You tell me, I'll find you. I think it's just past right field. It's great stuff. Thanks, Thanks love you, Okay, bro. that's right. It is abstract. You're right. <laughs> All right. Take care. Talk to you, buddy. That's uh, Todd Walsh of Bally Sports joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. Text us your thoughts. The FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, we now know who gets the green dot on this Cardinals defense, and we're going to hear what he had to say about it next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Hi, this is Isaiah Simmons. You are listening to 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Starbacker is a guy that plays linebacker, a little bit of safety, a little bit of dime. I mean, he's he's a star position. Starbacker, that's my first time getting like a cool name to a position. Lance hit at the goal line, and he did not get in. Oh, what a hit by Isaiah Simmons. He's a star, you know, he can play whatever position. Let's go! Wolf and Luke, talk Cardinals, now. All right, with all due respect to the guys fighting for roster spots, we've been talking a lot about them the last week or so, Wolf, and it makes sense because they've been the story, right? The guys like DeAndre Hopkins, Hollywood Brown, Kyler Murray, you know, they haven't been playing. Well, Isaiah Simmons hasn't been playing, but he'll be playing the next time the Cardinals are out there against the Chiefs, and we have answered at least a little bit of one of the mysteries. They talked to Isaiah right after practice today, and he said this. Ah, the green dot, yeah. Yeah, he's the guy with the green dot. <laughs> Listen to the way he said that, right? Give that to me one was, more time. It was one second of, oh yeah, I have the green dot. Ah, the green dot, yeah. <laughs> I'm the green dot, yeah. Yeah, nobody's uh, taking that green dot. Yeah. Now they asked him for a follow-up. Hey, thank you for the one-second uh, newsbreaker there. Do you like having the green dot? I like it. Um, I get to hear the play first, so I can't forget it. <laughs> and um, I don't have to worry about not hearing the call from anyone or, or anything of that sort. So, and so far, you know, I feel like... Maybe in the past, you know, we've had some times where guys aren't getting the call. Um, but me being, like, involved with the secondary, um, I realized the stress of getting the call to everybody, especially the far side corner. So um, I feel like ever since then, you know, ever since I've, like, started calling it, we've uh, been able to get the call out and get lined up. Man, I love the fact he's got the green dot. I love that. It, it logically, do. as long as he can handle it, because he's already going to be doing a lot, doesn't it logically make sense? We Remember we had a, uh, Zayvon Collins on a couple weeks ago when we were out of camp? And we asked him flat out, like, is it if you're going to be calling the plays in, isn't Isaiah the hardest guy for you to call the play for? Because he could be anywhere. Yeah. I mean, he literally could be anywhere on yeah. the field. So logically... Why wouldn't you just give it to Isaiah Simmons? Because he's going to be the one moving all over the field. Okay, so what does it say? What does it say, honestly? Um, I know that you don't want to read too much into it. You don't, brothers. But it says first and foremost that this is a football player. He's a football player who's a good football player. Now, 
Does he have the potential to be a great football player? Yeah, we're going to have a front row seat to that because it's time. It is time right now for Isaiah Simmons to take that step forward. This is one of the reasons why I like this. I see this as a precursor, if you will, for Isaiah Simmons to actually take that next step. It's all mental. It's going to be mental for him going forward. He's got every physical tool you could possibly need to actually be successful as a star backer in the National Football League. You know what it is? It's his brain that will separate him from everybody else. One way or the other. Because they're asking him to do more than anybody on defense. Is that fair? Yes. I mean, they're even asking him to do more than Buda Baker. Now, Buda often has to cover for other guys, but they're asking Isaiah Simmons to move all over the field on defense and to get the plays in on defense now. You don't give the green dot to a Jag, Basinonians. You don't. You don't. They would have never given me the green dot. (laughs) Ever. Okay, so I'm just saying, you, you don't give it to just a guy, some Jag. You go out there and you give it to a guy who is going to be a a football player for you. A guy that's going to make plays. A guy that is respected as well. That's who you give it to. A guy that is respected more than anything else. And this is why I love this. Well, and how Simmons. about this, too, with Isaiah Simmons? And I'm not, I, this is not meant as any sort of shot at Zayvon Collins. It's not. But the, the conversation had been, well, you know, Zayvon Collins can be ready. He's only going into year two, you know? Okay, well, Isaiah Simmons is going into year three. Now, that's a big difference, but it's not like he's going into year 11. You know what I mean? <laughs> so if they, if they believe, in addition to everything else they are asking him to do, that he can also do this then what you're saying about his intelligence, about the way he has developed his entire career, says a lot where they're looking and saying, okay, we saw you make plays last year, but not consistently enough. We need you to take a step there. We also need you to take that step while playing multiple positions, and you're going to go ahead and call these plays in, too, yeah. on top of what you're doing. Right. That's like two promotions in one offseason. One of the other things that tells me, too, Isaiah Simmons is not coming off the field, is he? There's no way he's coming off the field. No. Nope. That's the coolest thing about it right there, a star backer. It's one of the reasons why. I, I love this. I love this for him. You can move him all over the place. You really can, but... He's still going to play inside linebacker at some point in time. That's what I think. He's going to be around the box. He gave a a little bit of an indication as to where he's going to play this year. I would say mostly just like the linebacker spots for the most part. Um, I mean, I could get out and cover a little more, but... uh, Yeah, they got a pretty good tight end, so... uh, (laughs) We're really good tight end, so... Um, I'll probably say it's most likely just going to be mainly linebacker. So that I'm hearing that is against Kansas City, right? Because they're the team with a pretty good tight end in Travis Kelsey. I love it. You know, um, he he's a little obtuse on this, is he not, Luke? Uh, he's uh, he's well, not on, very let me, transparent. Let me, let me, let me if you listen to him, Let, let's hear from him again. Okay, you, yeah. You're going to tell me this guy is obtuse? Ah, uh, the green dot. Yeah. <laughs> You can All go right, ahead. he can was definitive obtuse. right there. Yes, he was. <laughs> but he's a little obtuse on, hey, listen, linebacker, mostly linebacker. Okay, linebacker, what do you mean? Uh, you, well, linebacker, you going to walk up over Travis Kelsey? Is that what it is? going to guard? Tra- I think he's probably going to be the guy do that is more on Travis Kelsey than anybody else. Um, yet at the same time, linebacker, you star backer with the green dot, Isaiah Simmons. This is really, really cool. Um, Yeah, you know what? They're going to move him all over the place, but he's got to have a home. 
There's got to be a home. I, I, I said this on the television broadcast, and I meant it. Jack of all trades, master of one. He's got to. He's got to have a position he calls home. Whatever that may be, I, I and I don't care what position that is that you assign him to. I really don't. What I do care about is Isaiah Simmons makes plays that changes games. Well, uh, they're going to put him in position to do it, Wolf, because, and I will repeat this one more time, you know this, I've already bought all the stock I can possibly buy in Isaiah Simmons. I bought it last year when you and I would talk about who's going to be the, the, who was the most improved player. The year they drafted him, I was, I was hoping he would somehow drop to them. I would have ran to the podium to draft him, and I understand he didn't do much his first year. Yeah. But think about now what they're asking him to do. Take a step forward in year, in, in year three. Does. Uh, you're, you're also wearing the green dot yeah. and all the responsibilities come with that. And in week one, we need you to stop Travis Kelsey. Mm. Could you go ahead and do that? Yeah. Um, let's see. Pat Mahomes is going to be throwing him the ball, too. Yeah. <laughs> of course, yeah. he's not going to have Tyreek Hill over the top. Well, okay. Um, I'm, well, I'm that'll make it easy. up right now. Um, yeah, no, I absolutely love it. Can we all agree right now as well, based earnings going forward, that if you're going to draft an inside linebacker, it's really a tough proposition for them to come in and make an impact in their rookie year? <laughs> Can we all agree on that? It you got, sure seems that just way. Just stop and think about what we've seen with two highly capable human beings. I'm talking about guys that have physical gifts that 0.5% of the population have. Guys that are smart guys. And guess what? Each one of them in the rookie year, yeah, I'm not really didn't sure. make a huge impact. This season hinges on anybody on the Cardinals defense more than Isaiah Simmons. If he if he is able to do every take care of everything they're throwing at him, this playoff team. I'm with you on that. If he struggles, they're going to struggle. They're going to have to win games 38 to 35. They may have to win the first one 38 35 anyway, just because of who they're playing. The fulcrum. All right, we come back. Jimmy G staying in San Francisco. What exactly are the 49ers doing? That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Okay, here we go. A little clarity in the NFC West, Wolf. San Francisco 49ers have found where they are going to ship Jimmy Garoppolo off to, all right? And that is their own sidelines. So... How many times have we talked about this and you've said, I don't know if you can have Jimmy G with Trey Lance looking over his shoulder at Jimmy G, especially if Trey Lance struggles early in the season and the 49ers like, oh, we're going to trade him. His value has never been higher, even though he can't move his throwing arm. Uh, Yeah, well, apparently the value wasn't what they wanted and they have signed him and he has a no trade clause this season now. Oh, my goodness. How did this happen and what does it mean? Are you kidding me? Trey Lance, they didn't, first of all, understand this, base audience. The 49ers, meaning Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, the general manager for the 49ers, they didn't even want Jimmy G walking around the sideline in minicamp. Yeah, they didn't even want him near his they teammates. Want, they didn't want him walking around. We don't even want you here, Jimmy, because you're gone. You are gone. So ask yourself this question right now. Why did they want him back? Why did they want him back that's, for one I year? Mean, right? It's a one-year contract. Question, right? Why did they want him back, Luke? Why? 
they, they didn't want him walking around minicamp because all the 49er players, some of the veterans would know, oh my goodness, that guy's better than this guy right here that is out there on the field. Is, is there any other answer that we can glean from that? No, there isn't. They, they signed Jimmy G because maybe the Trey Lance experiment is not going as well as they thought. Yeah, this is this raises a lot of questions. You know, we I said this earlier in the week on on the surface football move, would you rather have Trey Lance with Nate Sudfeld backing him up or Trey Lance with Jimmy G backing him up? Perfect world. Okay, yeah, obviously you'd want to have Jimmy G. He's, he's been to the Super Bowl. He got into the uh, the NFC Championship last year, but in real life, Wolf what does this say? And if you're Trey Lance, you better start strong, right? Otherwise, as you have said multiple times, aren't his teammates going to kind of look around? Not all of them, but it doesn't take all of them. Yeah. Even if it's five or six of them being like, yeah, you know, we almost went to the championship last year. We almost went to the Super Bowl last year. We're two and two, and our backup is definitely better right now. Yeah, I why, know. why are we burning a year of our careers on this? Man, it really is. It's a dicey proposition right now by Kyle Shanahan, I would say, and John Lynch. Yet at the same time, it makes so much sense for the 49ers. It does. They, they got a guy right now. If something happens to Trey Lance, if he, listen, maybe Trey Lance goes out the first month of the season. He's out there in September lighting it up. But if he goes down, hey, listen, they got Jimmy G, a That's guy that can come in. That's the only way this makes sense. Yeah, they got a guy that can come in, and he's ready to go. And you feel good about it. And you know you got a backup quarterback you feel really, really good about. But if you have to bench him for Jimmy G? But, but if things don't go well with Trey Lance in September. <laughs> okay, so now all of a sudden you're going to move to Jimmy G again, and you're going to have a lot of veterans inside that locker room who are going to be looking at you early. If, in fact, the first couple of games, two games, I give them two games. What? If Trey Lance okay. doesn't go out and look like he's a starting quarterback and he's our starting quarterback in two games, there's going to be veterans who are going to be looking at John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan like, uh, what are you doing? When are you going to make the move to Jimmy G? And is that fair to Trey Lance? No, but not really. This here, this is what is fair to Trey Lance. They start with the Bears and the Seahawks. So those first <laughs> two games, this this is your chance. You know, I, I said that just generically, the two game experiment. Yeah. If you tell me if in fact they don't play well against those two teams, oh yeah. That's all it's going to take. Two games for veterans to go. Okay, here we go, John. We're making that move, right? Well, because then four of their next six games are the Broncos, Rams, Chiefs, and Rams. So, <laughs> just, you know, it's, and then they get wow. the bye week in week nine. Uh, here's, Boy, I nailed that one. Here's some, uh, some details on this Jeremy Fowler, why the 49ers are doing this. It was assumed Garoppolo and the 49ers were going to part ways, uh, but Jimmy Garoppolo did decide, hey, okay, if there's no clear cut trade partner, uh, or home for me to play at, let's situate a, uh, a, a scenario where I can still help the team that I appreciate in the 49ers, and I get a clean slate at it in 2023. Now, there's a no-trade clause in this contract that's worth up to about $15.5 million if he were to play a lot and win games and play in the playoffs, but uh, there is a belief that between both sides, really an understanding that if uh, there's a trade opportunity elsewhere, if, if somebody gets injured with another team and the 49ers can suddenly get a good asset for Garoppolo, that he could waive that no-trade clause. This feels, Wolf, like... 
getting divorced and then agreeing to live together for another year just to see what happens. <laughs> like there are so many things that could go wrong here. Yes, in a, in a, in a, in the scenario you pointed out, if Trey Lance is playing well and he gets hurt, you're much better off going to Jimmy G. I would make this prediction, though, that if Trey Lance at any point this season isn't playing, he's going to be hurt. Whether he's hurt or whether they're like, hey, he's hurt. Sorry, that's why we're going to Jimmy I like that. I like where you're going on that one, Luke. I don't, I don't think they're just going to bench him at any point this season. Man, it is, it is really such a dicey proposition right now. It makes me think, once again, my brothers, it makes me think that the brass with the 49ers, they think, oh my goodness, you know what, Trey Lance is really not developing the way that we thought. Are you looking at me, John? I don't think he's really developing the way that we thought he was going to develop in the heat of week. <laughs> Go, give me Jimmy G. Pick up the phone and give me Jimmy G. And all of a sudden you're going to call Jimmy J and you're going to bring him in. Listen, Jimmy, we'll sign you to one-year contract. All right, we'll come back, sign you to one year just in case things get really, really bad right here because Trey doesn't look good. I, I'm trying to think, what is the other, What what else would you think? What else would you do? Would you say, man, Trey Lance is lighting it up in practice. He looks fantastic. He looked really good when we played him in the Silks in the preseason. He looked really, really good, and he's lighting it up. What do you say we go get Jimmy G? Everything's (laughs) great. Let's just stick with this. Here's what I'll say is there's a lot of quotes coming out right now, so I think Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are talking, but apparently Kyle Shanahan on Trey Lance's reaction to the situation, quote, Trey was great. There were no problems with it at all. Trey likes having Jimmy in the building. We feel strongly that Jimmy will do for Trey this year what Trey did for him last year. (laughs) All right. I'll be watching. What? Okay, yeah, that's why we didn't invite him to minicamp. He didn't want him walking around. Brush that under the the, the carpet. You can't say that. We didn't even want Jimmy G walking around at minicamp. Trey, don't look at Jimmy G. Don't look at him. All right, none of you veterans, too. I don't want any veteran out here. I don't want any of you guys talking about Jimmy G. All right, here, here. Let, let's play this I'll out. I'll just we'll, say. You be Jimmy G. I'll be Kyle Shanahan, okay? Okay, all right. All right I'm Jimmy G. All right, Jimmy. Uh, we don't want you anywhere <laughs> Man, near I'm this I'm team. I'm sure the okay? warrior queen wishes I looked like Jimmy G. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy GQ. <laughs> what is that now? What, what were you saying, Luke? Um, I don't remember. Okay, um, yeah, Jimmy. Okay, here's John Jimmy Lynch's Jimmy. quote. John Lynch said... Quote, yesterday was a really good day for our organization. We're really pleased that we were able to do it. It took a lot of cooperation. It took a lot of patience. And we feel that was rewarded. <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. So now, so now you're Jimmy G. Okay. Love, so, okay. So, so, Jimmy so I'm, G. I'm, I'm, yes, Jimmy. Right. Um, look, we're getting, we're getting ready for camp here. We, uh, we don't want you around us. I don't want you talking to any of the players. Okay. Go away. Okay. You, you don't even want me in the building? No, I don't want, I don't want them to even see you. I don't Why? want them to think. I don't Why? want them Why? to question Trey. You go far away, okay? Okay, so I'm gone. That's, yeah, it's over. You're gone. Here. But also, could you be our backup quarterback when the the meaningful games start? No. That oh yeah. Uh, well, no, uh, I could not. Okay, but we're gonna need but, you to see. Honestly, hey, I don't understand think about what Jimmy. That. I don't understand what he's getting out of this. Really, what? Well, he's getting another year. He's yeah. getting a year in an offense he knows very, very well. True. And, and once again, if in fact my suspicion is correct on this, that John Lynch and Kyle Shannon looking at Trey Lance like, <laughs> but, um, you know, if they're looking at him like he's got, <laughs> you know, a couple of noses or something like that, now all of a sudden they're going to they're gonna ask him to come back. Um, they're not sure. And if I'm right about that, Jimmy G knows that. 
he smells a little blood in the water, maybe on that. He, he might. Well, you know, what if what if the season plays out where they have to go to Garoppolo, injury to Trey Lance or not, and he gets them to the second round or the NFC Championship again, <laughs> and then the season ends, he's like, eh, you know what? I'm going to go play for the Seahawks. I'm a free agent. Yep. <laughs> you could see that happening. <laughs> that could be ugly. Man, but you know, even if if they make that move, never forget this, as we're watching this unfold, if in fact they make that move away from Trey Lance to Jimmy G, not because of injury, even though your point is well taken. They're going to say it's There's going to be, look, my finger. Yeah. Oh, my finger is broke or something. <laughs> There's going to be or something. Or they break his yeah. finger. <laughs> right. like they that scene from The Departed with Jack Nicholson. Vito. They take the helmet and bash it on his hand. Yeah, that's right. They bring Vito over. Bring Aaron Donald Vito over. Vito, break his Aaron, fingers. Aaron, you know what I'm talking about? Aaron, hold this helmet. Aaron um, Donald, you just take this. <laughs> if that happens, man... Um, How do you go back to Trey Lance after that? So to recap, in the NFC West, the Cardinals have Kyler Murray as their quarterback. The Rams have Matthew Stafford. The Seahawks are going with Geno Smith and the 49ers. I don't know. To be determined. Wow. All right, coming up next, we're going to take you through the top sports stories of the day with Wolf and Down Your Lunch. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Vito.